Jello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. I hope you've had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I certainly did. We're now getting out the Christmas lights and starting to decorate for uh, Christmas time. This is probably, no, I won't say probably, <laughs> this is definitely my favorite time of year. I just love this spot in between Thanksgiving and Christmas where you're getting ready for Christmas. Um, as a child, you know, you enjoy Christmas Day, I think, the most. But as a grown-up, I seem to enjoy the preparation and getting the tree and all of that. So, um, and old-time radio shows are a great addition to that because there's so many of them that are out there with great Christmas episodes. Well, today we have our final Thanksgiving episode. I was going to post this early, put it on Thanksgiving Day, but then as I was listening to it, I thought... You know, they talk about it being Sunday, being after Thanksgiving, talking about um, remembering back to Thanksgiving, and, and we get to relive that with them. So I thought, well, it makes sense to put it on Sunday, because we just passed Thanksgiving as well. So we can go with Jack, and as he says goodbye to his Thanksgiving in 1938, we in 2008 can be saying goodbye to our Thanksgiving, and hello to our preparations for Christmas. So... I'll be um, trying to post extra episodes throughout the Christmas season. Certainly a lot of Jack's uh, shopping episodes for Christmas shopping, those are wonderful. And uh, some other folks, other Christmas shows from other uh, folks, so feel free to check up every once in a while on our site to uh, download some of those that you want to listen to. I'll I'll try to have a broad variety and have a great Christmas season and... If you haven't thought about who you're thankful for or what you're thankful for, think about that. I'm going to think about that, too. I'm thankful for lots of things. But uh, I'm thankful I get to spend this time with you folks and that uh, so many people seem to be enjoying these shows. Um, Please feel free to email me or tell me what you think of my shows. Also, uh, leave comments about the shows if you go to the website. If you're going to email me, it's jack underscore Benny at podomatic like it sounds dot com and I'll get that email if you want to help fund some of the shows you can also send to jack underscore Benny at podomatic dot com for my uh, that is also my uh, PayPal account so if these shows are worth 50 cents a month to you or a dollar a month or something then Please send that much to me, because that will help me pay for my bandwidth. Um, Thank you so much. Have a great season, and we will see you uh, probably tomorrow for some more Mel Blanc. Mel Blanc. (laughs) Someday I'll get that right. Mel Blanc show, and My Favorite Husband, and maybe um, some Charlie McCarthy as well. We'll see. Have a fantastic week. Bye. The Jack Benny Program, presented by America's largest selling cigarette, Lucky Strike. Lucky Strike, first again with tobacco men. First again with the men who really know tobacco. The independent auctioneers, buyers, and warehousemen. Yes, a recent impartial survey shows that more independent tobacco experts smoke Lucky Strike regularly than the next two leading brands combined. So let this overwhelming smoking preference of the experts lead you to real deep-down smoking enjoyment. Just light up a Lucky, and puff by puff, you'll see... L-S-M-F-T... 
L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. And this fine Lucky Strike tobacco means a world of smoking enjoyment for you. Yes, puff by puff, pack by pack. You'll like Lucky Strike. The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, last Thursday was Thanksgiving, so let's uh, go back and show you how Jack Benny and his gang spent the day. Our scene opens in Jack's home in Beverly Hills. Night and day, I am the one. Thanksgiving comes and goes, but I'm never done. Rochester. I'm working all the time. I'm nothing but a one-man assembly line. (laughs) Night and day. Rochester. Day and night. Al Jolson. (laughs) I gotta be on one knee. I'm scrubbing the floor. Rochester, you've been singing all day today. Well, I'm happy, boss. Here it is Thanksgiving, and I could have been born a turkey. Oh, you wouldn't have liked that, huh? No, I couldn't stand being in the oven all undressed and people peeping in at me every few minutes. <laughs> oh. And when you ain't got no head, you can't tell them to close the door. I know, I know. Say, Rochester, I'm going to Miss Livingston's house for a Thanksgiving party, so will you help me get dressed? Okay, but if I were you, I'd change my mind about wearing that old tuxedo. Why? What'd you do to it? Oh, it's nothing I did, boss, but when I went to get it, the closet was full of moths. Moths? Oh, my goodness, were they eating my tuxedo? Eating it? They didn't even look up when I came in. (laughs) Well, maybe it won't show. What part were they eating? Well, to put it geographically, the South ain't solid anymore. (laughs) Oh, stop being silly. Every time I want to get dressed, you all... I'll get it. Mr. Benny's residence, star of stage, screen, and radio. Hello, Rochester. Christmas cards printed to your specifications. Rochester. We'll sit with babies, mow your lawn, cater to private parties, and we'll give violin recitals at birthdays, weddings, and meat market openings. Rochester, this is Miss Livingston. I've heard all that before. I know, but we've got four parties on this line, and their business is as good as anybody's. Oh, well, look, Rochester. If Mr. Benny isn't printing Christmas cards, sitting with a baby, mowing a lawn, or giving a recital at a birthday wedding or meat market opening, let me talk to him. Yes, ma'am. It's for you, boss. It's Miss Livingston. Oh. Hello, Mary. Hello, Jack. The whole gang is here. When are you coming over? Pretty soon. And, Mary, I got a surprise for you. I'm going to dress formal. Formal? But, Jack, that tuxedo of yours is so old, it's green. Oh, Mary, my tuxedo isn't green. Well, okay, wear it, but stay away from the salad bowl. You may get stabbed with a fork. (laughs) Oh, stop. Well, Jack, the reason I called you is I've been so busy getting the dinner ready for you and the gang, I forgot to get some candy. Will you bring some? Oh, sure, Mary. I'll stop at the drugstore and get some (laughs) lifesavers. Lifesavers? I want a box of chocolate-covered mints. They don't cost much. No, no, the mints alone don't, Mary, but you're going to the expense of the entire dinner. Why should you spend more? (laughs) After all, you're doing enough. Jack, I meant for you to buy the candy. Oh, 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 
Well, Mary, why didn't you come right out and say so? Of course I'll bring it. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well, of all the cheap. What'd you say, Mary? This is Mrs. Stewart on your party line. Oh, hello, Mrs. Stewart. Don't hello me and you can cancel my order for Christmas cards. <laughs> but Mrs. Stewart. And that goes for me, too. What? This is Mr. Stevens on your other party line. But Mr. Stevens... And I'll get someone else to sit with my baby. Mrs. Allman, please. What are your prices? <laughs> what? I'm new in this neighborhood. Oh. Well, I have a regular price list. Yeah, you get it tomorrow. I mailed it this morning. Rochester, get off the extension. <laughs> I wish there weren't so many people on my party line. They all listened in the other day when I was talking to my agency, Batten, Barton, Durston, and Osborne. I'll get it, Rochester. I wish I were all alone on my telephone. There was no one else but me. Hello, Mr. Benny. Well, well, hello, Mr. Kitzel. What brings you here? I was passing by and I stopped to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Oh, well, that's nice of you. Come on in. Thank you. Wait till I tie this leash. Oh, you've got your dog with you? No, my turkey. I'm taking him out for a walk. <laughs> Mr. Kitzel, you're taking a turkey for a walk? <laughs> a long walk. Why? By the time we get home, she'll be so glad to lay down, the rest will be easy. <laughs> Well, tell me. Well, tell me, Mr. Kitzel, are you uh, are you going to have much company at your Thanksgiving dinner? My wife's relatives. Oh, just your wife's relatives, huh? Just. <laughs> you should have so many listeners. <laughs> well, gee, gee, Mr. Kitzel, how how many are going to be there? Well, there's going to be my wife's mother and father, her sister Claudette. Her three brothers, one of her aunts, two of her nephews, and a distant cousin from Cucamonga. Say, your wife really has a big family. Yeah. Well, I got to be running along. Oh, but first, Mr. Benny, I got to tell you how much I enjoyed your radio program last week. Thank you. Oh, my. <laughs> you, you... You, you liked it, huh? Yeah, I liked it. Oh, such a trouble you had when you was calling your agency Betten, Barton, Bagel, and Blintzess. <laughs> no. No, 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 Mr. Kitzel. See, my agency is Batten, Barton, Durston, and Osborne. Well, leave and learn. Yeah. And guess. Well, yes, Pardon, and yeah. guess. Well, goodbye, Mr. Benny. I got to be going. Goodbye, Mr. Kitzel. It was nice seeing you. The feeling is natural. <laughs> imagine, imagine taking a turkey for a walk. Oh, my goodness, look what time it is. Rochester, help me get dressed now. I'm late for Miss Livingston's party. Gee, I'll bet the whole gang is there having a wonderful time. <laughs> I didn't come here to criticize, I'm not here to sympathize, but don't tell me those no good lies, cause the lion gal I do despise. She's got baked ribs and butter beans, ham hocks and turnip greens, you and me in New Orleans, and that's what I like about the South. Yeah.
Well, how is that, Livy? You better sing another chorus. The turkey isn't dead yet. <laughs> Gee, I wish Jack would get here. Hey, Phil, that was a swell idea, bringing your whole band over here to Mary's house. Yeah, wasn't it? Phil, I don't mind your band being here, but your boys have a lot of nerve putting one of my best dishes on the piano for an ashtray. That ain't no ashtray. That's for tips. <laughs> What a gang Say, uh, Mary, can I eat now? I've got to leave in half an hour Uh, why, where are you going, Don? To my sister's house for dinner <laughs> Oh, for heaven's sake Hey, Livy, hand me a bottle opener My boys are hungry <laughs> Never mind that We'll eat in a few minutes I hope so I've been here since 6.30 this morning 6.30 this morning? Why, Dennis, how come you got here so early? Oh, my mother had to deliver the milk anyway So I thought I'd ride over with her <laughs> You rode over on the milk truck? Oh, I rode over on the cow. Her customers like it fresh. Hey! Wait a minute, kid. Do you mean your mother comes right up to the door and milks the cow herself? Yeah, my mother's the best milker in the country. She is? Sure. She can squirt right through the hole of a donut at 20 paces. <laughs> Yesterday, she turned the cow upside down and hit the O in Honest John. Oh, stop being so silly Hey, fellas, let's have some more music Come on, Charlie, hit it Oh, hey, wait a minute, Phil Can I play the drums? Sure, go ahead, Doncy Beat it out Don, look out! Don, get up You're sitting on my orchestra <laughs> Now, fellas Don't break up the house I've got to go out in the kitchen See how my maid is doing I can't give you anything but love, baby, that's it Oh, uh, Pauline, as soon as Mr. Benny gets here, we'll have dinner Yes, ma'am And remember my instructions Yes, Miss Livingston, I must serve everybody from the left Everybody except Don Wilson How do I serve Mr. Wilson? From both sides, it jump back fast <laughs> Now, let me see, um, what else do hey, I... Hey, Levy, I just thought of something Oh, just a minute, Phil, I'm talking to my maid Well... Get a load of them legs Phil I'm looking at the turkey Oh Anyway, Libby, when the food's all ready, let me know, I'll help you serve it Oh, thanks, Phil, but it won't be necessary I've hired a butler for the day Okay, I'd like to see that turkey in a bathing suit Phil! Get out of here just crazy about that man. Phil Harris? Yeah. He's got so much more than Gregory, and he doesn't fight it. <laughs> well, now I've heard everything. And the door buzzer, too. I'll get it, Pauline. I can't give you anything but love, baby. That's the only thing. Oh, hello, Jack. What took you so long? Well, I had to stop for the candy. Here you are, Mary. Thanks. Is everybody here? Sure. Uh, Jack, they're in the living room. Let's go in. Jack, you did wear that old tuxedo, didn't you? Oh, it's not so old. Hey, hiya, fellas. Hello, Phil. Well, if it ain't the Green Hornet. <laughs> all right, all right. Hello, Jack. Hiya, Don. Hello, Dennis. Hello, Mr. Benny. I've been here since 6.30. That's nice. Say, Mary. <laughs> hey, Mary. You know, I noticed something peculiar as I came over here. You know that white line that goes down the middle of the street? Yeah. Well, it goes up over the curb, across your sidewalk, and right up to your door. 
The white line? Holy smoke, my mother's cow must have a loose gasket. <laughs> a loose what? Uh, I'll explain it to you later. Hey, Jackson, I brought my whole band over here. They're in the other room. Yeah, the sportsman's quartet came, too. Well, this is really going to be a party. Oh, darn it, I forgot my violin. I'll go back and get it. Jackson, you take one step to that door and I'll hit you so hard your toupee will spin like a Spike Jones record. <laughs> okay, okay, if you don't want any entertainment. Oh, we'll have entertainment. Say, Dennis, it'll be a little while before we eat, so how about a song? Yeah, come on, Dennis, how about it, huh? Sure, sure, go ahead, kid. Yeah, about... go ahead, kid. It's about time somebody asked me. I've been here since 6.30. <laughs> now, come on, Dennis. Go ahead and sing your song, I'll get it, Mary. Hold the song till I come back, will you, kid? Yeah, da dee da dum, da dee da dum, ba bum ba beetledum. Yes. How do you do? <laughs> is this Miss Livingston's residence? Yes, yes, it is. Well, Miss Livingston is expecting me for Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, oh, well, come right in. You got here just in time. You know the fun's starting. How nice. Here, uh, here. Let me take your hat. Thank you. Your coat. Thank you. Now, follow me. Hey, kids! Oh, pardon me. I, I didn't introduce myself. I'm Jack Benny. Uh, how do you do? I'm the new butler. Hey, kids! <laughs> what? <laughs> You're the, the butler? Yes. Are you the downstairs man? <laughs> I happen to be a guest here. Well, you could have fooled me. <laughs> You're the butler of the kitchen. The kitchen is right through that door. Thank you. Hmm. That guy. Jack, who was at the door? Nobody. Well, whose coat and hat are you carrying? <laughs> oh, darn, it's your butler's. He just came uh, in. <laughs> All right, Les. <laughs> I know how to keep help. Go ahead and sing, Dennis. Come on. Sending you a big bouquet of roses One for every time you broke my heart And as the door of love between us closes
Look, that was swell. Hey, fellas, fellas, everybody in the dining room. Dinner's on the table. It's about time. I've been here since 6.30. <laughs> oh, quiet. Hey, kids, look at Let's all march in. You know, conga line. Okay. Da-da-da-da-da, boom. Da-da-da-da-da, boom. Da-da-da-da-da, boom. Don, if you can't control it, don't swing it. <laughs> For heaven's sake. Oh, Jack, you and your ideas. Now, come on in, fellas. The dinner will get cold. Okay, let's go. Jack, we're short of chairs. Bring in the piano. All right, I'll be with you in a minute. Hey, what's this dish on top of the piano? Well. Hey, Jackson, get your hands out of there. That's for the boys. Oh. Jack! How could she see from the other room? Well, here I come with a piano bunch. Oh, listen, where did piano bench? Although the other way would be good, too. Here I come with the piano bunch. Just as good one way or the other. Where, uh... Oh, really, what's the difference if I say, here I come with the piano bench, or here I come with the piano bunch? It doesn't make any difference. Hey, where, um... Where, where do you want me to sit, Mary? Uh, right here. Your name's on the place card. Well, place cards and everything. How did Phil know where to sit? He can't read. I put his picture on the plate. Oh, that's your fault, Bunch. You got people thinking I can't read. Oh, yeah? Let me see you write your name. Don't change the subject. I'm talking about reading. I thought so. Oh, Ernest. Ernest. I wonder what's keeping that butler. I don't know why you hired that smart Alec butler anyway. I'll get him. Hey, Ernest! Yes, sir? Ernest, we're ready to... Ernest, why'd you come in here barefooted? Where are your shoes? Don't you remember? I handed them to you when I came in. <laughs> what? I used to work in a winery. Stop with the joke! Now, look, just, just bring in the food. You'll That's have it. to wait. The turkey won't be ready for a few minutes yet. Hmm. Well, kids, looks like we'll have to wait a while Yeah, Dennis, how about singing another song? Say, Jack, Phil's band is here in the sportsman's quartet And they've got a swell arrangement of an old square dance number A square dance number? Say, I haven't heard one of those in a long time What do you want me to sing? Sit down, kid Thanks, I've been here since 6.30 <laughs> What? I would have been here earlier, but the cow didn't have her bag packed <laughs> Yeah, yeah Now look Now let's all Let's all get around the piano and do the square dance. Look, at, I'll grab a violin from one of the boys. Hey, Larry, let me have your violin. Here you are, Jackson. Thanks. Now, how about it, Don? Okay, let's go, fellas. Turkey and the straw. Okay, wait for me now. Wait for me. Okay. Take your partner by the hand, because we're going to Alabama. With the left hand forward, make it very Grab Then we circle to the left, then we circle to the right. Now we ask you, isn't that a pretty sight? Light up the lucky, give it a try. Walk on the lucky, you will see why. A lucky strike is first again. The expert fires and tobacco men. On to the next and away we go. And do see do and a see do see with an L and an 
Turkey's on the table. Okay, okay. Come on in, kids. Come on. Gee, that turkey looks good. Uh, Jack, will you do the carving? Sure, I love to carve. Give me that knife. Mary, what do you want? White meat or dark meat? Uh, white meat, please. How about you, Dennis? Oh, I'll have a drumstick. Okay. Don, what would you like? White meat, dark meat, a leg or a wing? Yes, thank you, with gravy. <laughs> you know, Don, if you were twins... I'd have a good slogan for you. What is it? Guess which twin ate the pony. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a dilly, wasn't it? Uh, Miss Livingston, shall I serve the hot biscuits now? Uh, yes, Ernest. Very well, madam. There. Ernest, don't throw the biscuits. Certainly not. Why don't you stand closer to the table? I've been watching these people eat, and I don't want to get any on me. <laughs> what? And that old man with the carving knife scares me to death. Now, wait a minute. I know your type. Those blue eyes aren't fooling me a bit. Why do you hire it? Look, you're just mad because my tuxedo is better than yours. Why, you old... Ernest, Ernest. Your job is to serve the food, not to antagonize the Green Hornet. I mean, the guest. Yes, madam. Say, Mr. Benny, how about making a speech? Yeah, come on, go speech, ahead. Jack, speech. Let's yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Jack. Say something. You know, this is the first time we've all had dinner together in a long time. Okay, I'll make a speech. <clears throat> well, kids, it's sure nice for all of us to be here on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. A day set aside where families can gather together in common bond and humbly give thanks in a spirit of brotherly love. Here, here. Thank you. <laughs> Yes, Thanksgiving. A day that was originally started by the Pilgrim Fathers. The Pilgrim Fathers. That stalwart, staunch group of men and women who left their native shore... Don, stop eating. And after months of suffering, had their hardship rewarded by safely landing at Cape Cod in the year of 1620. Yes, our Pilgrim Fathers... Jack. Our Pilgrim Fathers... Jack. What is it, Don? The Pilgrims didn't land at Cape Cod. They landed at Plymouth Rock. No, 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 Don. It was Cape Cod. Jack, any schoolboy knows it was Plymouth Rock. How can you say Cape Cod? Don, don't tell me anything about history. I went to school, too, and I say the Pilgrims landed at Cape Cod. They didn't land at Cape Cod. It was Plymouth Rock. Don, they landed at Cape Cod. And if you don't... Jack, put down that carving knife. <laughs> oh, pardon me. Beast. <laughs> Now, Don, Don, this is Thanksgiving, so let's not quarrel. 
You think it was Plymouth Rock, but I know it was Cape Cod. And you can take my word for it. I know what I'm talking about. Well, so do I. It was Plymouth Rock. It was Cape Cod. Oh, for heaven's sake, cut it out. <laughs> Ernest, serve the dessert, will you please? I will if those two gentlemen will get off the table. <laughs> well, I will if he will. I'll have some more of the white meat. That's my leg. <laughs> I wish you told me sooner I put gravy on it. <laughs> Now, Don Wilson, I think it's awful for you to come here on Thanksgiving, accept Mary's hospitality, eat my lifesavers, and start a big argument like this. I didn't start the argument. You did. And you can ask anybody, and they'll tell you the pilgrims landed on Plymouth Rock. I don't care who you ask. I still say they landed at Cape Cod. Jack, for goodness sake, finish the speech you started. I'll do it if everybody will shut up. Here, here. <laughs> I won't talk unless everybody is quiet. Now, I won't speak. <laughs> now, as I was saying, <laughs> we're gathered here on Thanksgiving Day in a spirit of friendship, a word that in itself represents that binding tie between all people. Let's try, friends. Let's try to keep the feeling that is so prevalent on this day throughout the entire year. So whenever you feel discouraged, just think of the spirit of those pilgrims who sailed across the ocean deep and finally landed at Cape Cod. Jack, we'll be back in just a moment, but first... It is stabilizing. A recent impartial survey covering all the southern tobacco markets reveals this important fact. More independent tobacco experts smoke Lucky Strike regularly than the next two leading brands combined. Yes, Lucky Strike. First again with tobacco men. But what does that mean to me? Simply this. These independent tobacco experts have had years of experience buying, selling, and handling tobacco. And it's important for you to know that more of these independent tobacco experts smoke Lucky Strike regularly than the next two leading brands combined. You've heard the survey results. Now, here's what Mr. James Monroe Ball, 33 years a tobacco auctioneer, who sold more than 400 million pounds of tobacco recently said. At market after market, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike buy fine, ripe, mellow leaf. Good, rich tobacco that makes a swell smoke. I've smoked Lucky's 31 years. A Lucky Strike smoker for 31 years. And Mr. Ball, like you, looks to the cigarette he smokes for enjoyment. Real deep down smoking enjoyment. So light up a Lucky yourself. Puff by puff, you'll see. L-S-M-F-T. L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. And this fine Lucky Strike tobacco means a world of smoking enjoyment for you. That's why you'll like Lucky Strike. Boss, it's pretty late. Why don't you go to bed? Wait a minute, Rochester. I'm looking something up in this history book. There it is. In the year of 1620, the pilgrims landed at Plymouth Rock. Hmm. Gee, it wasn't Cape Cod. It was Plymouth Rock. Don Wilson was right. Well, I hate to do this, but I guess I'll just have to call him up and fire him. <laughs> He's so smart, he can get another job. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned in for the Phil Harris Alice Faye show, which follows immediately 
And on Saturday nights, to be sure to hear A Day in the Life of Dennis Day and the Lucky Strike Hit Parade starring Frank Sinatra. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Good health to all from Rexall. Yes, it's Sunday. Time for the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, presented by the makers of Rexall Drug Products and your Rexall Family Druggist. Good evening. This is your Rexall Family Druggist. Taking a little time from behind the prescription counter this Sunday evening to speak for all 10,000 of us. The 10,000 independent druggists who have added the word Rexall to our own store names. You can always tell us by the orange and blue Rexall sign in our windows. The sign means that we carry the 2,000 or more drug products made by the Rexall Drug Company. They range all the way from aspirin to penicillin. And they're as fine and pure and dependable as science can make them. We druggists recommend them to our customers because we know you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. Good health to all from Rexall. And now your Rexall family druggist brings you the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Robert North, Janine Roos, Anne Whitfield, Walter Scharf and his music, yours truly, Bill Foreman, and starring Alice Faye and Phil Harris. Today, as we look in on the Harrises, Alice is preparing to wash the lunch dishes, and Phil has just returned from a band rehearsal. Hiya, honey. Hello, Phil. How did the rehearsal go? Fine. I was in great voice. <clears throat> I was hitting those low ones like a bell, honey. Hey, where are the kids? Oh, they're in school. And Phil, when they come home, I wish you'd talk to them. They were very naughty and noisy this morning. They were doing Hold it, Myrtle. That... Hold it. <laughs> now, don't start on me this early in the morning. My kids ain't naughty. They're as refined and well-behaved as I am. <laughs> and they ain't noisy either. I've taught my children to be quiet and docile. <laughs> docile? Docile? Don't mess with it, honey. It's too tough for you to handle. <laughs> trouble with you is you don't know how to manage them. I let them know who's boss. I don't I let them start... Hey, to... yeah, but you pushed me. I did not. You pushed me. I'm going to tell Mommy I knew. I don't care. Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. What's going on in here? Your docile children have arrived. <laughs> what are you girls doing home so early? The teacher sent us home. Why? She's got a grudge against us. Yeah, she didn't like the record we brought to music appreciation class. Why not? I gave you Brahms' lullaby. That's a beautiful melody. Oh, she liked that one, but she didn't think the one Daddy gave us was classical enough. <laughs> and uh, what record did your Daddy give you? The Dogtown Poker Club. <laughs> oh, Phil, how could you give them a record like that? It's not even a song. It doesn't have any melody. Well, maybe not, but it has an exceptional recitative. <laughs> Recitative? Let it lay. That'll give you more trouble than Dokai. <laughs> Girls, was the teacher very angry with you for bringing that record to school? She was kind of mad. 
But she really blew her top when Phyllis and I sang it. You sang Darktown Poker Club? Oh, stop it, Alice. You children don't even know it. Oh, no? Hit it, Phyllis. Bill Jackson was a poor old dub who joined the Darktown Poker Club and cursed the day he told them he would join. <laughs> Did you hear that? Do you want your children to be expelled from school? What was good enough for their father is good enough for them. <laughs> the teacher wants to see you, Mommy. Here's a note she sent to mm-hmm. you. I was afraid of that. What's she got to say, honey? Dear Mrs. Harris, I would appreciate your dropping in to see me at school this afternoon. I would like to talk to you on a matter of vital importance. Sincerely, Miss Williams. Oh, so she wants to talk to us, huh? Well, there's a few things I want to tell her, too. And I'll be glad to go to school with you and straighten her out. P.S. <laughs> For the sake of the children and the morale of the school, please come alone and don't bring old do what diddy. <laughs> oh, dear. Now I'll have to go to school with the children this afternoon, and it's all your fault, okay, Phil. Okay, so I'm sorry. Well, I wouldn't mind, but I have the dishes to do, and I wanted to wash out a few things. I'll take care of that for you. I'll do the dishes, and I'll put your stuff in the washing machine. Go ahead. Go with the kids. Go All on. right, all right. You'll find everything in the laundry ba- basket beside the Bendix. Now, be careful, Phil. Don't mess up my washing machine. Be careful, she says. I know how to handle a washing machine. There's nothing to it. This machine practically runs itself. All I got to do is open the top of it and get the... Uh Uh-oh. Now, who put this package of butter in the washing machine? Daddy, that's the deep freezer. This is the washing machine. This is the washing... Well, no wonder my root beer never gets cold in there. (laughs) Phyllis, stop looking at me like that. I just happened to make a little mistake. I know a deep freezer from a washing machine. This time of day, the, 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 the light is bad in here. Yes. (laughs) Now, I better get Alice's stuff and put it in... Oh, Phyllis, answer the doorbell, will you? All right, Daddy. Now, let me see. Alice has two slips here and, uh, uh... I wonder if she wants this girdle washed. Yeah, I might as well put it in. I often wonder why Alice wears one. She's so slender. Hiya, girly. Ah, hello, Frankie. What are you doing? Gonna wash out a girdle? (laughs) Oh. Shall I turn around while you take it off? Oh, be a wise guy. I'm doing Alice's laundry. Why are you doing it? For a very simple reason. Alice is going to school because Miss Williams don't like the way I sing Darktown Poker Club, so I'm doing her laundry. Alice is going to school. (laughs) Miss Williams don't like the way you sing Darktown Poker Club, so you're doing her laundry. Curly, I feel slighted. Why? I don't like the way you sing it either, but you never do my laundry. Look, if you want to hang around here, be quiet. Dolkart. Now, look. We got a lot of work to, go, to do. After the washing, we got to do the dishes. Yeah, but if we do it... To... 
What do you mean, we? <laughs> Look, Remley, it ain't gonna be hard. It'll be fun. We'll make a game out of it. I'll do the laundry, you do the dishes, and we'll see who gets through first. Oh, goody, a race. Yeah. <laughs> well, sounds like loads of sport. <laughs> I bet I finish before you do. What makes you so sure? Because I ain't gonna do no dishes. <laughs> Come on, Frankie, be a pal. Do the dishes for me, won't you? No. I can't wash dishes. Man in my position can't afford to have red on sightly hands. <laughs> Why not? Because my fellow musicians just voted me the guitar player with the softest hands in the union. <laughs> Look, fluffy fingers. If you don't do my dishes, there won't be no need for you to belong to the Musicians Union. Now, get to going there while I do the dishes. All laundry. right, but it ain't fair. You got a washing machine to do the laundry with. I got to do the dishes by hand, and that... Washing machine. Hold it. <laughs> Just quiet down a minute there, Henry. What's the matter? You can't do no dishes in the Bendix. Why not? Doesn't have any paddles. Nothing keeps turning around to break anything. The water just keeps swishing around. Just swish? That's all. It does? Sure. It works just like a dishwashing machine. It's based on the principle of centrifugal force, which radiates through a diametric gravitation. I never thought of it that way before. <laughs> hey, Remley. What? Hey, let's try. All right. I wonder why Alice never thought of doing dishes in it. Yeah, well... You know how women are. <laughs> they always do things wrong. Yeah. They're not like us men. When we do things, we do them right. There's them that does and them that don't And them that says they will but won't So if Satan tempts you, hold on tight Cause you can't do wrong doing right There's them that shall and them that shan't And them that wish they could but can't But it's them that does that sees the light Cause you can't do wrong doing right Look at that gal Delilah She had them all in a spin she clipped the mighty Samson But she got caught when the house fell in So you see there's got to be Just one road for you and me Let old Satan know he's lost the fight Cause you can't do wrong doing right You gotta do right Well make me know Yes it. you gotta do right Well keep on a preacher If you wanna see the light Oh tell it brother Cause you can't do wrong when you're doing right There's them that's good and them that's mean And them that's somewhere in between But it looks to me from what I've seen That you can't do wrong doing right There's them that's meat, them that's bold. Now don't ask me, but I've been told it's the meat that plays them hops of gold. Cause you can't do wrong doing right. Look at old Big Goliath bragging about his side, picking on little David. But he got his right between the eyes, and so you see, there's got to be just one road for you and me. Let old Satan know he's lost the fight. Cause you can't do wrong doing right. You mustn't do wrong. That's right with me. No, you mustn't do wrong. That's philosophy. If you want to get along. Oh, I believe it now. Don't you never get along if you're doing wrong. Now, they threw Daniel to the lions. The king had it done. He's the law. But it wasn't long till Daniel had all of them cats drinking milk out of straw. And so you see, there's got to be just one road for you and me. Let old Satan know he's lost the fight. Cause you can't do wrong doing right. No, you can't do wrong doing right. Cause you can't do wrong when you're doing what is right. Keep on doing
Well, Curly, I got all the dishes in the washing machine, and I got the water and the soap chip set. All I got to do now is turn it on. Uh, yeah, well, hold it now. What's Before you start, look. What? You sure this thing works on that principle of diabetic aggravation? <laughs> Curly, please. Now, just stand back and let me do this. Your dishes will be finished in no time. All you'll have to do is put them away. Well, here we go. Hey, listen to her. Yeah. Hey, Frankie, she's really working, ain't well, she? Of course. I know what I'm doing every minute. Yeah. Hey, this is one way to do it. Sure. Besides that, it don't take long. Now shut it off now. Yeah. Al Curly, your dishes are finished. I'll just open the door and let... <laughs> well, don't stand there, Curly. Put him away. <laughs> What'll I use, a shovel? <laughs> oh, look at those dishes. Every one of them broken to bits. That hard water will do it every time. <laughs> look, get a broom, Frankie. We gotta sweep this up before Phil. Alice... Oh. Phil, what was that awful noise? What happened? I... Oh, no, my good dishes. Hello, Alice. Phil, which one of you is responsible for this? I refuse to answer on account of I'm no stool pigeon. <laughs> Nor am I <laughs> Besides, Curly didn't mean to do it Ramley <laughs> You squealed on your leader <laughs> Ramley You know the musician's code I'll thank you to turn in your guitar pick <laughs> Well, it was your fault, Curly You suggested we do the dishes in the washing machine I suggest What? You did the dishes in my washing machine. Oh, Phil, can't you ever do anything right? You break my dishes, my washing machine, and... Well, don't stand there. Haven't you anything to say for yourself? Well, say something. I love you madly. <laughs> Stop it. Look, Phil, I have to go over to the school now, but I'm warning you. If you so much as touch anything while I'm gone, I'll... I'll... I'll leave you. Go ahead and leave us. Frank. <laughs> if she continues to nag us like this, we may be forced to go to Reno. <laughs> yeah. No! <laughs> Alice is just upset. I don't like the way she talked either, but she, she don't mean anything. I don't know, Curly. When a woman starts nagging and finding fault with everything her husband does, it only means one thing. Her love has fifted. <laughs> it's wafted. <laughs> fifted. I'll accept that till I look it up. <clears throat> Come to think of it, she has been taking me for granted lately. She don't bring me little things anymore. <laughs> Let's face it, Curly. 
Alice don't love you, so you gotta leave her. But Frankie, it'd be cruel to leave her at a time like this. If she stopped loving me, it could only mean one thing. What? She must be out of her mind. <laughs> Besides, I don't want to leave Alice. Curly, you don't have to actually leave her. Just pretend. When she sees your bags packed, she won't let you get as far as the front door. Yeah. Maybe it would teach her a lesson. Sure. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to pack my stuff and make believe I'm leaving her right now. I'll pack everything in the house that's mine. Everything that I paid for. I think you ought to pack more than just a toothbrush. <laughs> I bought the paste, too. Well, Frankie, I got all my valuables packed. Hey, by the way, Remley, uh, did, uh, did you pack those bottles carefully? I, uh, I don't want that stuff to break. <laughs> don't worry, maestro. I packed each one in Excelsior. Good. I just couldn't go on if anything happened to my wave set. <laughs> hey, Curly, what's the idea of taking two trunks? What do you got in this one, anyway? My most valued possession? Yeah? It's a gift from Rexall. What is it? 2,000 drug products. <laughs> the finest that science can make. I take it wherever I go. Of course. Man's a fool to travel without 2,000 assorted drugs. Just being diplomatic, Mr. Remley, mm -hmm. makes the sponsor happy to know that I carry these around in my trunk. Oh, sure. Sure. And what have you got in the other trunk? 10,000 independent druggists? <laughs> Don't be sarcastic. Ah. Hand me my orange and blue carpet bag. <laughs> uh, Curly, you didn't have to pack all this stuff. You're not going anywhere. Wait a minute, I know, but if I don't do it right, Alice will know I'm bluffing. You gotta do it right. Now look, Frankie, to make this look real, when Alice comes back, you be pleading with me not to all go. All right, I know what to do. This is my idea. All I right. fixed the just whole thing. Just be sure that you just... I'll hey, wait a minute. There, there's the back door. It's coming open. That's Alice. Now start pleading with me. Oh, Please. Okay, okay. Curly... You mustn't leave Alice. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Frankie. I've made up my mind. But, Curly, if you won't think of Alice, think of me. You can't leave me. I'm the best friend you ever had. I know, Frankie. I know. And I'm going to miss you, pal. I'll miss you, too, Curly. Things won't Night seem the same without so you. long since you went <laughs> I know how you feel. You're going to miss me? I'll miss you. Well, I'm going to say that you'll always be... My buddy, my buddy, your buddy, there's a... Julius! You... Oh, you can stop singing, Jeanette. We're through. How come you got in here now, Julius? Hey, what's all the packing for, Mr. Harris? Well, if you must know, I'm leaving Mrs. Harris. You're leaving, Miss Faye? Where you going? I don't know yet. You're leaving my dreamboat all alone? You don't know where you're going? How about Siberia? <laughs> this is no joking matter, Julius. I've made up my mind to leave home forever. So, 
Goodbye, kid. Please, Mr. Harris, don't be hasty. Do me a favor. Before you go, take a little time to think this over. Well, I... Time's up. So long, Max. <laughs> well, what are you waiting for? I said goodbye. Get going. Don't shove me. Leave him alone, Julius. The poor guy's heartbroken. He found out his wife don't love him anymore. She don't? Gee, Mr. Harris, the way I feel about this can't be put into words. But I would, would like to express my feelings, if I may. Go ahead, kid. Bring <laughs> <laughs> like all the newspapers about this. Now, wait a minute, kid. I can't let this get in the papers. Look, Julius, I might as well tell you. I'm not really leaving Alice. It's just a gag to teach her a lesson. A gag? You mean you're not going away? That's right. But you can't do this to me! <laughs> you can't raise my hopes to the heights of ecstasy and then dash them on the ruts of despair. I'll get you for this. I'll teach you to trifle with the emotions of an abruzio. <laughs> and that's the whole story, Miss Faye. I went outside your house here to warn you about it. Oh, thank you for telling me, Julius. I really appreciate it. I could kiss you for this. You better not, Miss Faye. If you did, you'd never be happy with old Ham Hawk again. <laughs> Thanks again, Julius. So, Bill is gonna pretend to leave me, huh? Old Curly Top's gonna teach me a lesson. Wait till I get in the house. I'll teach him one. I'll just tiptoe into the living room. I wonder what's taking Alice so long. I can't wait all day to leave her. Well, be patient, Curly. She'll be home soon. Don't forget, as soon as she comes in, you make... Hello, fellas. Oh, uh, Alice. Uh, Curly, you can't leave. I beg of you. You can't leave. No, I'm sorry, Frankie. I've made up my mind. I'm leaving. But Curly... Alice, you talk to him. Tell him he can't leave. All right. Phil, don't leave Frankie. <laughs> I'm not leaving Frankie. I'm leaving you. Really? Yes, I am. Oh, dear. This is quite a shock. I may never get over this. When are you leaving? Oh, please, Alice, don't carry on like that. You're making it difficult for me to leave, but I've made up my mind to go, and when I make up my mind to go, I go. Here's your hat. Stop pushing. <laughs> Alice, aren't you even going to ask me why I'm going? All right. Why? You have the unmitigated gall to ask that question. There's nothing I can do. I can't do anything but leave. After the way you've bull-bretting me, I mean brow-betting me, I mean... Uh, I know what you mean. Goodbye. I ain't leaving until I say that word right. <laughs> Bull-beaten. bean bop. The word is brow-beaten. You stay out of this. <laughs> Alice, I'm warning you, when I walk out that front door, you'll never see me again, and after I'm gone, you're gonna I'm wish... I'm hungry. Hand me an apple out of that bowl, Phil. Here. Thanks. Now, what were you saying? I was saying that I'm leaving you for good. I'm going as far away as I can. You'll be all alone, and when I... Alice, stop eating when I'm leaving you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought you'd gone already. Goodbye, Phil. Goodbye, Alice. Goodbye, Curly. Goodbye, Frankie. Wait a minute. You're coming with me. <laughs> you think I'm going to leave you here? You're crazy. Let's go. Alice. I'm telling you, if you let me go through this door, you can consider yourself a single woman. You can do as you please. That'll get her, Curly. She won't let you go two more steps. Two steps, huh? It's one, two. Oh, Phil! Right on the nose. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> I knew you'd call me back. <laughs> and now that you've learned your lesson, little lady, what is it that you desire? Where did I put Tyrone Powers' phone number? That doesn't... <laughs> I'm really leaving, oh, you. If you want me, Alice, I'll be at Frankie's apartment and you can send my allowance there. <laughs> oh, poor Phil, he just hated to leave. Well, I'll just let him suffer at Frankie's overnight. Lavender blue, dilly dilly, lavender green. If you were king, dilly dilly, you'd need a queen. Who told me so, dilly dilly, who told me so? I told myself, dilly dilly, I told me so. If your dilly dilly heart feels a dilly dilly way, then you'll answer yes. In a pretty little church on a dilly dilly day, I'll be wearing a dilly dilly dress of lavender blue, dilly dilly, lavender green. Then you'll be king, dilly dilly, and I'll be your queen. Lavender blue, dilly dilly, lavender green. If you were king, dilly dilly, you'd need a queen. I told myself, dilly dilly, I told me so. If your dilly dilly heart feels a dilly dilly way, it will answer yes. In a pretty little church on a dilly dilly day, I'll be wed in a dilly dilly dress of lavender blue, dilly dilly, lavender green. Then you'll be king, dilly dilly, and I'll be your Oh, Remley. Remley, Remley, Remley. Why... <laughs> Why do I listen to you? Oh, Why do I please. listen to you? Alice, Alice won't let you go. She won't even let you go oh, through please, the door. Oh, please, hush your little mouth. <laughs> Be quiet. Go to sleep. I can't sleep. How can I sleep? I'm going to call her and tell her that I'm sorry. Yeah, you would. Don't be a sucker. You do that, you'll defeat your purpose. Anyway, she's probably calling you right now. I bet you that phone rings before you can count to five. One, two, three, four... How do you do that? <laughs> hey, you're right, that's Alice, thank goodness Honey, I'm sorry I acted the way I did Because I love you, baby I'm crazy about you, I love you Do you hear me? Love you Stay where you are and I'll be right with you Wow, what a wrong number I gotta call this one again sometime <laughs> Alice and Phil will be back in just a moment. This is your Rexall family druggist again. Last week, we received a letter which went like this. Dear Mr. Rexall Druggist, I have the job of buying the drug products for our family. It's a great responsibility, and I wish you would help me choose by telling me exactly why so many independent druggists recommend Rexall products. Let me answer you, ma'am, by giving you just one example. For instance... We Rexall druggists know that every Rexall drug product, and there are more than 2,000 of them, remember, 
is compounded by a registered pharmacist with the same care and accuracy that we use in filling your doctor's prescription. And we also know that every one of these 2,000 or more drug products are tested time after time before they ever come to our stores. That, ma'am, is just one of the reasons why 10,000 druggists have chosen to put the orange and blue Rexall sign in their windows. Why they all tell you, and honestly, that you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. Good health to all from Rexall. This is Phil Harris again, folks. There's a lot of celebrating going on all over the state of Oregon. And congratulations to Coach Jim Aiken and his Oregon football team who have been selected to play SMU in the Cotton Bowl on New Year's Day. It should be a great game, and it's being played in one of my favorite cities, Dallas, Texas. Also, our full congratulations to USC and Northwestern. Thank you, and good night, everybody. Good night, folks. Good night. This program was produced and directed by Paul Phillips. Included in today's cast was Sandra Gould. The part of Frankie Remley was played by Elliot Lewis, and Julius was played by Walter Tetley. Alice Fay appeared through the courtesy of 20th Century Fox. This is Bill Foreman wishing good health to all from Rexall. Sunday is fun day on NBC. Stay tuned to this station for the Edgar Bergen, Charlie McCarthy show, which follows immediately. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Well, it's hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the Jack Benny Show from the 1938-1939 season. Tonight's episode is going to have a skit about football. And the skit is called Hold That Line. So I thought, well, let's talk about 75 years after this program comes out to uh, this weekend. Uh, who is the number one football team in the NFL? It would be my own Seahawks. Yeah. Uh, I, I uh, don't think I've ever had a chance 12 weeks into the season to be able to say oh, we are the number one team with a record of 10 at 10 wins and one loss, and uh, nobody else has that, which is awesome. Um, took us a while this season to get out and be the sole leader of the NFL, so I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm talking about it today because Monday night we play football against uh, the Saints, and the Saints have a really good record and look like a really good team. Uh, a few of our players are in a little bit of trouble. We had some uh, caught for smoking marijuana, and so they they are uh, suspended for a few games. Uh, one of them maybe for a whole season. So uh, I don't know how well we're going to do. I don't know if we're going to win or not, but I certainly hope so. It's a home game. We haven't lost a home game in a long, long, long time. So we shall see. Um, hopefully, we make it all the way to the Super Bowl. We. Uh, we're at the Super Bowl eight years ago and lost to the Steelers, and a lot of fans are bitter about that. Um, I am not. I think the Steelers played a bad game, and we played a bad game. It was just a, a bad uh, 
uh, Super Bowl altogether, um, but they played a slightly less bad game than we played, I suppose I would say. Uh, but hopefully we get there this year and we play a great game, and whoever we play against plays a great game, and may the best team win. Anyway, um, uh, I've had a lot of you email me and talk to me about my Seahawks, so that's pretty cool. Um, I hope you enjoy this episode of Jack Benny. Uh, this podcast isn't, isn't about Jack Benny much, but anyway, uh, it just shows the uh, staying power of football, that it was a subject 75 years ago of skits on the Jack Benny show, and today uh, a lot of us are still pretty passionate about it. So anyway, enjoy this great episode of the Jack Benny Show from the 1938-39 season, and enjoy, on Monday night, the Seahawks versus the Saints um, of the uh, 2013-2014 season of NFL football. And we'll see you next time. The Jell-O Program, starring Jack Benny, with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Kenny Baker, and yours truly, Don Wilson. The orchestra opens the program with This Can't Be Love. night some friends of mine were arguing as to whether first impressions or last impressions are the more important. Well, I say last impressions, at least when it comes to mealtime. For I think it's the dessert you're most likely to remember. And if that dessert is Jell-O, believe me, the memory is a mighty pleasant one. For Jell-O is so temptingly good to look at and so deliciously good to eat. Those six glowing colors are cheerful and gay. And those six delicious flavors are filled with extra rich fruit goodness. Strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and lime. Every one tastes as inviting as the real ripe fruit itself. That's why everybody enjoys Jell-O. That's why it's America's favorite gelatin dessert. So remember, look for the big red letters on the box. They spell Jell-O, and Jell-O spells a treat. This Can't Be Love, played by the orchestra. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we bring you a man who, after lying flat on his back for three days with a bad cold, <coughs> threw off the covers and said, Good heavens, it's Sunday. The show must go on. Them was my words, exactly. So now we bring you that heroic personality, that rugged thespian, that grand old trooper, Jack Benny. Thank you. Hello again. This is Jack Benny, that red-nosed flugee with a snip, snip. <laughs> and Don, just as you say, I deserve a lot of credit for coming down here tonight. No matter how an actor feels, his first duty is to his public. Oh, you're right, Jack, and I'm mighty proud of you. Why, Don, I've always been like that. I remember one time when I was playing vaudeville in Peoria, Illinois. 
And even though I had hay fever and I was following the Goldenrod Trio, I went on and did that show just the same. Well, that was a real test, Jack. But no kidding, Don. For the last three days, I've been a pretty sick boy. And if it hadn't been for my physician, Dr. Jerome Schmink, I doubt that I'd be here today. Dr. Schmink? Why, Jack, I know him, but he's not a physician. He's a chiropodist. A chiropodist? Yes. Oh, well, that explains it. Explains what? Well, the minute he came into my room, he said, open your mouth, say ah, and take off your shoes. <laughs> now I understand. Well, how was he, Jack? Did he take good care of your cold? Well, Don, my cold isn't completely cured, but my corns feel wonderful. <laughs> anyway, I should have known he was a foot doctor. When he went to take my pulse, he had his watch in one hand and my ankle in the other. <laughs> Well, I guess we all make mistakes. Sir. Hello, hero. How's the brave little soldier tonight? <laughs> well, I wouldn't joke about it, Phil. My illness was much more serious than you think. It was, huh? Yeah. My doctor told me that if my cold was one germ worse, I'd have found out if angels have dirty faces. <laughs> you mean you'd have found out if the devil was a sissy? Listen, Phil, if you were as sick as I was, you wouldn't be clowning about it tonight, believe me. Well, I know you were sick. I came to visit you, didn't I? Sure you did. You knew I had a cold, so you figured I'd have a bottle of whiskey around. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, and that was some stuff you had, too. Wow! Yeah, what was the matter with it? I took one drink and my inlays did the Lambeth walk. Well, it serves you right. And incidentally, Phil, I want to thank you very much for the lovely gift you sent me. That was sweet. Yeah, wasn't it? What was it, Jack? Well, I happened to tell Phil I was sick as a dog, and he sent me a can of kennel ration. <laughs> kennel ration? Yeah, I didn't mind that so much, but Rochester made me an omelet out of it. Oh, hello, Kenny. Hello, Jack. Is your cold better? Not much, Kenny. But as weak as I was today, I jumped out of bed, grabbed a taxi cab, and rushed down here to the studio. And why did I do it? I don't know. Is it because you're a ham? No, and don't be so fresh And another thing, Kenny At least you're going to come to see me while I was sick well, Yeah, Kenny, you should have gone there just for laughs What laughs? Now, Phil When I went up to see Jack, he was wearing a nightgown A nightgown? <laughs> Gee Well, certainly I was wearing a nightgown It creeps up around my neck where my cold is And keeps me warm <laughs> nothing wrong with that. You should have seen him, fellas. He looked like old Mother Hubbard. <laughs> Bill, one more crack out of you and I'll go to the cupboard and tear up your options. <laughs> I was talking to Kenny, so you keep out of it. <laughs> oh, boy. I bet you were a riot in your nightgown. Yeah, Kenny, if you'll come out of your hysterics for a minute, I'd like to ask you who won that Thanksgiving turkey you were selling tickets on last week. Oh, that? Yeah. Oh, a fellow by the name of Baker. Kenneth L. Baker. <laughs> Oh, I see. Just a racket, huh? You sold me a ticket and jipped me out of 50 cents. You know what that means? Yes, Barnum was right. Hmm. <laughs> Tomorrow, when you get your check, think of Barnum. You know, Kenny, I'm really surprised, you of all people. Oh, hello, Mary. Hello, Jack. How do you feel? Mary, you can't possibly realize what an effort it was for me to come to work today. I was in a very critical condition. Well, it's your own fault, Jack. Here you were sick in bed for three days and you wouldn't even hire a nurse. Now, wait a minute, Mary. I had a nurse and you know it. A fine nurse. Well. All you did was paint a red cross on Rochester's coat. <laughs> well, Mary, I would have had a regular nurse, but I just couldn't find the right one. Well, of course you couldn't. What was wrong, Mary? Jack wanted a Cuban girl so he could get free rumba lessons. 
Oh, Mary, don't try to get laughs out of my illness. Yeah, I hardly slept a wink all week. Well, how could you with all those silver dollars in your mattress? <laughs> well, you can all kid about my sickness, but it was lucky for me that Rochester knows something about medicine. He was the only one who thought of putting a mustard plaster on my chest. Is it still there? Yeah. Say, Jack, did he save your chest before he put the plaster on? No, he didn't. Why? Oh, brother, I hope I'm there for the unveiling. (laughs) (laughs) Say, that's right. Darn that, Rochester. Now, how am I going to get this mustard plaster off? Oh, I'll help you, Jack. It'll only take a minute. No, no, not now, Dad. Oh, I've done this a lot of times. Now, uh, unbutton your shirt. Well, well, okay. This may hurt a little, Jack. Oh, go ahead, Don. I can take it. You're dealing with a He-Man. He-Man? Hey, Mary, you want to hear something? What? When I went over to see Jack, he was wearing a nightgown. I know. He borrowed it from me. <laughs> now, Mary, you promised you wouldn't say a word about it. No kidding, Mary. Was that really your nightgown? Now, listen. Sure. Didn't you see the letters ML on it? Mary Livingston. Well, I'll be darned. Jack told me that stood for man's lingerie. <laughs> Oh, keep quiet, you two. I want to get this mustard plaster off. Go ahead, Don. Okay. Now, steady, Jack. Yeah. Steady. Ooh. Ooh, gee. Oh, ooh. Take it easy, Don. Gee, this is more fun than Ocean Park. (laughs) Wait a minute, Don. Better not monkey with it. Say, Jack, let me try it. I can do it so you won't even feel it. Oh, no, you don't, Phil. Come on, Jack. Now, it's not going to hurt a bit. Uh, Come here. Well, all right, Phil. But if I feel one thing... Now, there you are. It didn't hurt a bit. Didn't hurt? Why, you idiot, you might have killed me. You better stay, Kenny. Go ahead. Okay. Oh, look at me. There isn't a hair on my chest. The tattooed lady is gone, too. It is? Darn you, Harris. I'll have to be redecorated. Never begin to be so 
as I love you in my reverie, make my dream a reality. Let's dispense with formality. Come to me in my sung by Kenny Baker. And now, ladies and gentlemen... Ooh, my chest still hurts. Darn you, Phil. And now, ladies and gentlemen, before introducing our play, I would like to announce that next Sunday night we are going to do our broadcast from Radio City, New York. And the whole gang of us are going to be there. (coughs) Aren't we, fellas? We are. I don't know about you. (laughs) Oh, I'll be there. Gee, it's going to be nice to see New York again. But, Jack, if you've got such a bad cold, what are you going to New York for? I understand they're having pretty bad snowstorms back there. Makes no difference, Don. I've got to be there next week. Well, what's all the rush about? What's so important? There's a sale at Macy's. (laughs) That's not the only reason I'm going. (laughs) I've got an appointment with a big New York producer. You know, uh, fellas, you know, the Shakespearean cycle is on again in New York. And, um, no, really, and this producer, he wants me to appear in Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet? Yes. You couldn't be a flower pot on the balcony. (laughs) Well, Phil, whether you like it or not, that's the play I'll probably do on Broadway. And I'm quite positive I'm going to be Romeo. With my nightgown, you could be Juliet. (laughs) All right. You wait till next week, you'll see. And now, folks... Oh, boy, New York. Say, I haven't been there in two years. Two years, huh? Yeah. Say, I bet the Empire State Building is wearing long pants now. Yes, Kenny, and the Chrysler Building just had pups. (laughs) And now, folks... I don't know anything about pups, but I do know that men, women, and children are crazy about Jell-O. Hmm. It's tempting, economical, and easy to make, so look for the big red letters on the box. Don, that's positively amazing. When you started out, I didn't even suspect that you were going to talk about Jell-O. You didn't? I did. Well, it just goes to show you. But what? I don't know. And now, folks, we must go on with our play. This being the climax of the football season, tonight we will bring you our annual drama of the gridiron entitled Hold That Line, or One Moment, Please. Now, uh, once again, once again, I will play the part of Flash Benny, the famous football coach. Kenny Baker will be right end, Phil Harris left end, and Don Wilson will be the backfield. Now, hold on a minute, Jack. Uh, Hold on, Jack. When the whistle blows, the backfield has to spread out. Well, you've been doing all right up to now. Now, uh, let me see. Uh, Say, Jack, am I going to be in the football play? Yes, Mary, you're going to be a beautiful co-ed watching the game way up in the grandstand. Oh, no, I want to be down on the field where the dialogue is. (laughs) Well, I don't know, Mary. We let you in the game last year, and every time the players went in a huddle, they came out with lipstick on. (laughs) 
Now, you can't play. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, you got a fat chance of winning the game without Butch Livingston. Oh, all right, Butch. But if you're going to play, take off that silly hat. <laughs> Lest the cheering section give you the Bronx salute. <laughs> You ought to see this one, folks. It looks like a plate of borscht. <laughs> it's even got two potatoes in it. <laughs> and now, folks, while we all get into our uniforms, uh, Phil Harris and his uneducated collegians will play... Wait a minute. I'll take it. Hello? Hello, Mr. Billy. This is your nurse talking. <laughs> Oh, hello, Rochester. What do you want? Well, I was a little worried, so I thought I'd call up and see how you're feeling. Well, that's very thoughtful, Rochester. I'm feeling fine. You are? My, my. <laughs> well, what's the matter? What are you my mying about? Oh, nothing. See you later, boy. Now, wait a minute. Why were you surprised when I told you I was feeling fine? Well... Well, what? You know that cough medicine I've been giving you all week? Yes, what about it? You ain't never gonna have dandruff in your stomach. <laughs> Good heavens, Rochester, did you give me that hair tonic? I told you a thousand times to read the label. I told you a thousand times I can't read. <laughs> well, you should get glasses. That ain't gonna help any. <laughs> well, never mind that. I'll see you tonight. So long. So long, boy. Hey, wait a minute. You know that mustard plaster you put on me this morning? Yes. Well, I had an awful time getting it off. Why didn't you shave my chest first? Shave you? Yes. Look, boss. I don't mind being a butler, a chauffeur, and a nurse, yeah. but when I get a razor in my hand, it's for defensive purposes only. <laughs> All right, I'll take this up with you tonight. Goodbye. Oh, wait a minute, boss. Am I going to New York with you? Yes, Rochester, you're going. Hold everything, Harlem. Here comes your sun-kissed orange blossom. <laughs> All right, go get excited. Goodbye. How do you like that, fellas? Isn't that awful? I've been drinking hair tonic all week. Well, that won't hurt you. Look at my guitar player. He's the picture of hell. <laughs> yes, but if you ever take that stool out from under him, watch out. <laughs> Go ahead and play, Phil. We've got a long sketch to do.
that was girlfriend of the whirling dervish played by a boyfriend of anyone who's got a girlfriend. <laughs> and now for our football play, Hold That Line. The scene is Flatfoot College, located in the thriving little town of Toboggan Slide, Indiana. The first half has just ended in the annual game with Meatball Tech. The coach is giving his team a pep talk in the locker room. Curtain, music. Now, listen, men. In this last half, we got to get in there and fight. Don't be discouraged. Why, that other team are a bunch of spineless jellyfish. Why, they're yellow. Yeah, but we're black and blue. <laughs> oh, let's not get Technicolor. Now, listen, men. We've never won a game from Meatball Tech, but today it's a cinch. What do you mean, a cinch? The score's 65 to nothing in their favor. Well, we're still young, aren't we? <laughs> now, we can win this game if you guys will put a little pep into it. Especially you, Harris. In the second quarter, you had a marvelous chance for a touchdown, and you stopped right in the middle of the play to comb your hair. What was the idea? Well, I want to look good in the newsreel. <laughs> oh, you do, eh? And incidentally, I hate show-offs. The next time you get the ball, run with it. Don't truck on down. Well, I got rhythm. <laughs> Never mind. And you, Wilson. Oh, I'm sorry about that one fumble, coach. One fumble? I thought you were playing drop the handkerchief. <laughs> <laughs> and you, Butch. What is it, coach? You're a great help, too. In the last play, you were penalized 15 yards for holding. Well, he was handsome. <laughs> Handsome, eh? I wouldn't care if he was Clark Gable. We're playing football. Gee whiz, Coach, I'm doing the best I can. I'll say you are. We haven't played a team this fall that you haven't given your phone number to. Well, it's a long winter. <laughs> hmm, fine bunch of athletes. Hey, Coach. What do you want, Baker? You remember when I was running past the 40-yard line and I dropped the ball? Yes. And then I picked it up and dropped it again? Yes. And then I picked it up? Yes. And then I dropped it again? Well, what about it? Wasn't that aggravating? <laughs> certainly was. And incidentally, Baker, what's the idea of playing football in a sailor suit? I thought it might rain. Oh. Well, I'm not taking any chances in the second half. I'm going in the game myself. Hooray! Okay, man. Now, let's get out in the field and give them a real game. Wait a minute. Come in. Telegram for Jack Benny. Take it, Butch. Okay. Maybe it's an offer to play Notre Dame. Oh, Jack, this wire's from New York. It's from the Acme Hotel on 14th Street. Hmm, 14th Street, huh? <laughs> What does it say? It says, uh, can offer you excellent accommodations during your stay in New York. Rate $6 a week. Bath on every floor, just follow the arrow. <laughs> well. Uh, can give you a lovely room overlooking a Tomcat. Tomcat? Above rate includes a continental breakfast consisting of a New England boiled dinner. <laughs> Oh, I see. Signed, anxious. <laughs> hmm, that sounds attractive. Six dollars a week. Uh, Bob, but it's really too far from everything. You know? Hey, coach, what about the football game? That's right. Now remember, men, let's get out in that field and fight. <laughs> we'll win this game, or my name ain't Flash Benny. <laughs> Here we are, folks. The score is 65 to nothing, and the second half is about to begin. Meatball is already on the field, and here comes Flash Benny and his Flatfoot team. 
Flatfoot is going to kick off the meatball, and the crowd is on pins and needles. Don't they have seats here? Shut up. <laughs> and there's the whistle. They're lining up. Flash Benny is about to kick off. On your toes, man. He's running toward the ball. And there's the kick. <laughs> Darn it, I forgot to blow it up. <laughs> Give me another ball, fellas. Here's a watermelon, coach. I don't want that. We haven't used a watermelon since we played Alabama. Hey, Wilson, give me that ball you've got. Oh, no, it's mine, and I want to kick it. <laughs> All right, you big baby, I hope you stub your toe. Baker, you hold the ball for the kick. Okay. There they go, folks. A new ball is being held in place by Baker. Big boy Wilson is about to kick off, and here comes the kick. What a kick! Gee, that ball looks awfully big. That's me! Penny, <laughs> come down here! Wilson missed the ball and kicked Baker. Meatball receives Baker on their own 40-yard line. That's your fault, Wilson. What's this? It's a fumble, and Flatfoot recovers the ball. Take it away, Field. All right, fellas, we got the ball. Now, here's our chance to pay off the mortgage and get our dean back from the finance company. Let him stay there. That's a fine spirit. Now, listen, Wilson. When the ball is snapped to me, I'll throw it to Harris. He'll pass it to you. And instead of going through center, you run around your own end. <laughs> what are you laughing at? You better take lunch. It'll be a long trip. <laughs> Never mind that. We'll try this play for a touchdown. Now get in there, Harris, and give those signals. I'm sorry, Coach. I forgot them. Forgot the signals? So did I. Hmm, fine thing. What'll we do now? Let's change partners and dance. <laughs> no, that won't do. I know. I'll call the signals myself. Come on, men. This is our one big chance. They come out of the huddle. They're lining up now. Flash Benny is at quarter. All right, men. Signals. One for the money, two for the show. <laughs> I'll take the ball, and away we go. <laughs> I got it. Benny has the ball. He passes it to Wilson. Wilson fumbles it, and Benny recovers, and there goes Benny down the field. What a burst of speed. Look at him. Wow. <coughs> oh, my chest. Wow, can that boy run? Look at him go. 20 yards, 30 yards, 40 yards. And here comes Seabiscuit. They're turning for home. It's Seabiscuit split by a nose. Four Admiral second by a length and a half. And here comes Benny on the outside. They're in the stretch. It's going to be a driving finish, folks. Seabiscuit and Benny are neck and neck. They're nose to nose. Benny sticks out his tongue, but it doesn't help. And here comes a white horse on the outside. Hi, ho, Summer. Oh, what excitement. And here's the finish, folks. It's the Lone Ranger first by a length and a half. The Giant second. Benny third. And Louis the 14th. Ah, <laughs> oh, what a game, folks. What a program. What a waste of time. You said it, play, Phil. <laughs> If you want your husband to take you to the movies after dinner tomorrow night, here's a dessert that is guaranteed to put him in a swell good humor. 
It's the new Jell-O butterscotch pudding, and it's a dish your whole family will go for. For Jell-O butterscotch pudding has that real old-fashioned butterscotch flavor. It's rich and creamy with a tempting taffy color and a flavor that's mellow and smooth. It's a treat from your first spoonful to your last. And it's only one of three new treats, three new Jell-O puddings. There's Jell-O vanilla pudding made from real vanilla, delicate, creamy, and delicious. And Jell-O chocolate pudding, rich and chocolatey. All three bring you real homemade goodness, for they're made with the same fine, wholesome ingredients you'd use yourself right in your own kitchen. And all three are amazingly quick and easy to prepare with just a few minutes cooking. Simple directions are in every package. Buy three packages at a time. Ask your grocer tomorrow for Jell-O butterscotch, vanilla, and chocolate pudding. number of the ninth program in the new Jell-O series, and we'll be with you again next Sunday night at the same time, broadcasting from Radio City, New York. Say, Jack, you better buy some galoshes. You You better buy some galoshes. You know it's snowing in New York. Oh, I won't need them. I'll have Rochester carry me piggyback. Good night, folks. Can't Be Love is from the boys from Syracuse. Kenny Baker appears on the Jell-O program through courtesy of Mervyn Leroy Productions. This is the National Broadcasting Company.